Hello and welcome to the Symmetry Sessions podcast, where we talk about all things healthy, wealthy, and wise. I'm your host, Heather McPaul. Join me for in-depth, down-to-earth, and casual conversations about finding balance. We delve into topics related to mental health, relationships, business, and more with guests from all walks of life. And even though I am a professionally licensed counselor, this is just a show. And the information presented is just for informational, educational purposes only. It's definitely not meant to replace getting professional help from a doctor or a therapist. So please seek that help from a qualified healthcare professional if you need it. And if it is an emergency, please call 911 or other appropriate emergency services. I'm very excited to bring to you a variety of amazing guests and topics. So let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to the Symmetry Sessions. Joining us to talk about IFS and EMDR therapy all the way from Louisiana is clinical social worker, IFS and EMDR trainer, IFS Healing Corps founder, and fellow military veteran, Bo Lavillette. Welcome, Bo. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, I know I just spit out a few acronyms that not everybody is familiar with. So I thought, and this is, I think, something that's close to my heart because um, I find that IFS and EMDR are probably, (laughs) well, I'm being biased, but they're my favorite ways to do therapy. And I think not enough people know about these modalities. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, so let's talk about IFS first and what that is. And I know this is kind of a question that could go on forever. So I'm curious how you explain it to people. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. That, that's actually a good question. And uh, it, it, it kind of all depends. It, it really all depends on who I'm, who I'm speaking with. Uh, but, but just really, I guess to keep it simple, IFS is, stands for Internal Family Systems. Uh, which looks at the internal family of parts that make up our personality. Uh, so, so that's big. Uh, that's mostly what it is. It, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with um, the actual family because a lot of people think that it does. It, it does because that's kind of how we, we learn how to do things and parts take on different roles. But it really has to do with our internal system. Yeah. Uh, and, and as a result of going through something traumatic, how that system changes and how parts of us change as a result of some of those experiences. Yeah. And uh, how those parts can be in conflict sometimes. One of the, Absolutely. yeah, one of the ways that I usually explain it is um, we know that there are different parts to the psyche because we often say things like, well, there's a part of me that does and there's a part of me that doesn't. And yes, both things are true at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's that's usually the, the case uh, uh, where we have, if we do have one part that feels one way, they have we have to have another part that feels the opposite to create some type of balance. But yeah, it's yeah. so extreme that it tends to it tends to not work because it causes issues. Yeah, I think especially when trauma is present, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, I always think I think one of the best analogies for IFS is like that movie Inside Out. Do you have people? Perfect. Yeah, that I, say that. I have. Um, I have a lot of people who say that. That's probably the closest thing that that if if you want to know what IFS is, watch that movie. 
Yeah. And and that's what IFS is. Yeah. Except there are probably, you know, four times that many (laughs) parts inside. Exactly. And we all have them. Everybody has parts, right? It's it's not, that's what I like about IFS is that even, uh, you know, um, it's really a part of being human. Uh, So it's Mm -hmm. not about, uh, you know, a a client that I might be seeing has parts and I don't. I have the same, pretty much the same parts. I have the same things that get triggered. Uh, So I I really, it's non-pathologizing. That's probably my favorite part of IFS is that we all have it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes I tell my clients that, you know, some of what we do is healing some of those parts that are traumatized or holding on to beliefs we don't really need anymore or roles mm-hmm. we don't need to do anymore. But the founder, I guess, if that's the right term for him, um, mm-hmm. Dick Schwartz, um, mm-hmm. he says in one of his books, which I just love, um, you are the one you've been waiting for. I feel like that's a Bible for oh, people. Yes, 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 for sure. <laughs> and in it, he actually says that even he, who ha- who is like, you know, been doing this for decades, um, even he finds a part pop up every now and then that takes him by surprise mm. and has a reaction to things. And so um, it's really, uh, once you have the tools, it's a, it's a type of therapy that really never ends, I suppose. Sure. That sounds horrible, I think. <laughs> that sounds a little bit... Um, <laughs> I don't know. Well, it, it, it's just, uh, it's a it, lifestyle. It, I, it I guess it is a lifestyle. You know, one of my, one of my mentors, I'm sure I'm going to talk about him, uh, maybe more, but Bruce Hersey, who yeah. uh, I learned pretty much everything I know about IFS MDR came from him. And that's the way he, he taught me is like, this is a way of being, this is a way of life. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something that we do. It's just a way, uh, of, of the way we see things. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. one of the biggest pieces of IFS is working from, you know, observing parts, understanding parts, but also be coming into that from what we call self. And yeah. I always give the analogy as self, and this is my truth, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but um, that self is like a Buddha nature. Yeah. You know, this yeah. sort of unconditional, mm-hmm. all accepting, um, go with the flow uh, presence. Yeah. 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 And from that place, we we can really start to understand and empathize with the parts of us that even the ones that, you know, for some people do self-damaging things, self-harm type things. I hate to be judgmental in that way, but. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it 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 makes sense. Uh cuz that was there there's there's probably a, a few light bulb moments that went off in my head after I was introduced to IFS. That was one of them that I oh, I can actually these parts have positive intentions. Mhm. Right? Like these parts are really trying to trying to help uh and and I can actually have compassion towards these parts. That actually changed the game for me. And and in my experience that every single client that I've seen, regardless of the part or the presenting problem, whether it's depression, anxiety, addiction, um, self-form behaviors, is that they all had one thing in common. They all hate that, that part. They all hate themselves for doing that. 
Yeah. And I think for the most part, everyone kind of to some degree has that inner critic. Um, but but that inner critic is is really what what is causing more of the conflict. Yeah. Um, so IFS has taught me to um, to bring that in and also bring in ways to approach these parts that actually work through, like you said, the self. And I've I've read this before. Um, I have heard people say this before. I've experienced this. I think this is what a big part of what, uh, for me, puts IFS in a, in a um, uh, makes IFS a more, a more complete model for me is this idea of the self. Yeah. That's, I, I think that's what was a, a big part of what was missing uh, for me as a therapist before IFS. Well, yeah, because, you know, I think about, I think about the way that the therapeutic culture has been, even just in grad school. First of all, in grad school, they don't teach you any of the shit. Right? No, no, <laughs> no, um, no. You're, you're lucky if somehow it, you land upon it. But, um, you right. know, the, the golden approaches, uh, you know, used to be CBT, DBT, Gestalt. Sure. And mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. problem I have specifically with like CBT is like, it's just dealing with your logical part most of the time. It's not making room for self and for more emotional parts that, you know, emotions can't be wrong. They just are, you know, and Uh I think it really brings in this all encompassing, you know, self compassionate piece that some of these other forms of therapy don't necessarily have. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And, 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 uh, it's, it's that initial validation, uh, for of parts, regardless of what you're doing, it's, uh, the initial, I see you, you know, when, when I ask clients or my own parts, I, I do my, I have a therapist, I do my own work. Uh, when, when I, um, ask my parts what they need from me, usually the answer is I just need to be heard. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be like, acknowledge me and, yeah. and, and we'll talk what we, what, we'll figure out what we got to do, but that usually seems to be a big step that actually can provide so much relief. Yeah. To actually sit with the feeling that they're, that they're using to get your attention, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, you bring up a really awesome point because I think also what sets IFS apart from other modalities is there really is a huge emphasis that it's a lifestyle, not just given to the client, but also for us to be able to, live our best life, but also to be, uh, somebody's therapist. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and that's what I always say. I, I tell my consultees that, or or people who want to get into this field is that, you know, we can only take somebody as far as we've gone ourselves. And, and, uh, you know, I, I get to do my work. I get to be aware of my parts and, and be the best person I could be the best, you know, husband, dad, therapist, uh, by, by continuing to do my own work with my own parts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a really kind of a full circle, uh, thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, so we all have parts in the psyche and some of them are defense mechanisms and protector parts. And some -hmm. of them help us numb out things and, um, and in the middle of all of this, we have self, which is, you know, like I described it as that, like, you know, it, it's probably the, um, you know, the 
unconditional, compassionate parental figure mm-hmm. we all needed yeah. and didn't yeah. have, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and then we have EMDR. And so we talked about that on this uh, podcast in episode 11, um, where we talked about healing trauma with EMDR. But just for the folks at home and the people in the back row, um, (laughs) (laughs) EMDR is, you know, that eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy that uses bilateral stimulation to reprocess traumatic events. First of all, you know, what was your experience getting into that? How did you get there? Oh, that's a good question. So I, I, um, you know, you, you said something earlier that was just really, it was perfect. You know, um, we, we go to school, we go to graduate school and we get our master's degree and we learn how to do this work. And, and, uh, and it's like, um, in fact, I remember thinking that I wanted to get my master's degree in social work. That's how it all started. Cause I really wanted to make the big bucks. <laughs> and, so, and so, and, and I really wanted to help people. So, um, I, uh, I, um, I, I, I did that. I, I went to school and then when I, uh, when I graduated, I, uh, you know, decided I want to start my own practice at some point. I worked for a lot of different treatment centers to learn how to do this. And, um, I, I remember I was sitting in my office one day working with a client and I thought to myself that, um, uh, I, you know, I feel stuck. I need something more. That's yeah. really, that, that's really what it is. I'm all about growing and learning and improving. So, uh, you know, this talking is working, but I need something more. And that's when I found EMDR. And, uh, so I got trained in EMDR, uh, and, I, I was getting unstuck. I was I was seeing changes that I wasn't seeing before. But yeah. before long, I, I I found myself saying the same thing. I feel stuck. I need yeah. something more. And and that's when I uh, that's when I found IFS. And for the most part, I don't say that anymore. I don't say that I yeah, feel yeah. stuck. And when I do, it's a part. Right, but, that's right. I, it is. It is a part. Right. That that's and I know what to do with it now. And so I I got into EMDR because I. I was, I wanted something more. I wanted to keep improving um, and and growing. And I, I, I felt like I needed something uh, that was really going to help me with my clients who were struggling with trauma, which which really I was finding at the, the, the core of, yeah. of everything, everything that I was doing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's, that's how I got into EMDR is I, I felt stuck and I was looking for a way out. Of that, yeah, yeah. I uh, I blame oh, Michelle. Oh, one Richardson. more thing, one more thing, and I wanted to make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I blame Michelle Richardson for getting me into EMDR. I wanted to go a different route, and it's just like everybody's doing it, and I'm like, I don't know. But it became one of those things I didn't know I needed. You know, uh, I didn't know what was missing. And yeah, ever yeah, since yeah. then, right. I feel like 90% of my clients are doing EMDR. Um, yes, yes. And in my experience with EMDR, as we move into talking about why these two things together, IFS and EMDR, is that it, for whatever reason, I think it helps people get more in touch with that self-energy and to be able to look more objectively at their parts and what's going on for them. It's like magic. I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, 
so yes yeah, so looking at um uh it it uh, you know bringing when we bring both of these these two models together uh i mean and separately separately it it it's uh, as i just said it's very 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 effective sure um uh but when we when we tend to look at doing these this work with trauma and looking at these these memories which which if set up right I don't know what other people would, would say about this, but if it's set up right, it, it te- you can do that pretty pretty easily. It, it, it yeah. pro- you can process a memory pretty quickly. It's getting there. It's getting there. It's it's the it's the protectors. It's the parts that are very afraid to go there. And so when yeah. we when we bring these two uh, models together, it really gives us a unique way to work with the whole system in a way that. Uh, in, in a way that, that actually is very successful. When I did weekend one of EMDR training, I always, I tell all my clients this story because <laughs> mm-hmm. I want them to know that I too wasn't really sold in the beginning, you know. But to make a long story short, um, I had a part that was super resistant. I I did not want to do this. You know, you're in a room full of other practitioners. You're all doing it to each other. You don't know where this is going. There's no, there's no such thing as a benign memory, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Right. Right. Like what is that? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And my parts were like, nope, I'm not doing this. I'm not crying in front of this stranger. I don't know where this is going, you know? And that was like the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the instructor saying like, but what do you notice in your body? And I was like, oh, all of this bouncing around stuff. And she was like, oh, it's working. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it did. Um, and it was so weird to me how, you know, even when we have parts that are showing up in front, doesn't mean that it's not bypassing that and going, yes. you know, yeah. around that, which is, I think, relieving for some people that, your part can do what it needs to do. And also yeah. we can get to the root and heal some stuff too. That's a, that's a, that's a perfect story is, and, and, and uh, it's like you said, these parts know what they know, what they, they know what they need to do. You know, Dick, Dick Schwartz actually said, I've heard him say this before is uh, cause he'll get this question a lot about how do we know, what's this you know how do we know where to go how do we know if it's a protector how do we know if it's an exile all these things uh and and his his answer was ask ask the part Mm -hmm. and 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 uh and in my experience sometimes i'm looking for a better answer like i I need more than that (laughs) but 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 just asking are these parts know exactly what they need to do uh they they know what they need so if we could slow down enough to to listen we can we can find the answers that we're looking for yeah yeah but what tell me more about what your experience is is putting ifs and emdr together and and specifically like because you you also work with veteran populations that's a i EMDR is an easy sell, I feel like, to veterans because what I always tell them is you don't have to tell me shit. You can just yes. do this and, you know, you get to be in control of how much you share. And I feel like yep. there's relief to that. But I find IFS to be a harder thing to bring up. Yeah, yeah. 
I I I think you're right. I I think you're right. Yeah, IFS is is uh, it it seems to be a little bit harder because it's uh, you know you're, we're using language that that's just hard a little bit harder to grasp. Uh, yeah. It's it's not as um, well known. I think in my opinion, there's there's actually therapists who I talk to who don't yeah who who don't know what IFS is. Um, yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of you know just stuff around that, but you know I language is is important you know when when i am introducing ifs to a client what the way i do that is i actually let them experience it first so instead of me saying hey there's this beautiful awesome model ifs called ifs and this is what happens there's this exile and there's this manager and there's this firefighter and it, you see my eyes right now they're like like a deer caught in headlights like what, <laughs> what are you talking about yeah. I, in fact, I'll never forget one of my uh, first sessions that I was, um, I mean, the client, we weren't even halfway into the session and I'm, I gave it to her all. I'm like, this is what EMDR, this is, this is what EMDR is, this is what IFS is. And she's like, uh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, I just overwhelmed her. I don't think she came back. So I'm like, okay, I uh, need to figure out another way to do this. So the way I introduce it is actually I, I just do it. I, I do it. I, I um, uh, a lot of people come to me for IFS, so they already know what it is. Mm-hmm. But the ones who don't, I, I just help them experience it first, and then I bring it in uh, piece mm-hmm. by piece. Mm-hmm. And then that way they, they can experience it. They know what it feels like. Um, I, I found that to be a much better way to introduce IFS. I have historically made like a chart, (laughs) like uh like drawn it out for people. This is what this is. And this is what this is. Yeah. 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 And, and, and look, look, I I know you can't, your listeners listeners are not going to be able to see this, but this is, uh, this is called the, it's called the universe is by David Cantor, which is, which is really a good way to visualize your parts. Um, and so I, I have things cause I, I do feel like cl- some clients are very visual people. Like I've yeah. used this before and, uh, and, and they are, are, like you said, drawn out some type of map. Um, but, 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 uh, cause people do need that. I think, uh, if you're like me, I, I needed that. Uh, mm-hmm. but only after I, I, I let them kind of experience it. That yeah. way I have something to go with. Like, Hey, remember that anxious part yeah. you just told me about where well, that's where that goes on there. <laughs> yeah. okay. I remember Michelle Richardson telling me, you don't have to explain it. You don't have. Yes. To. And, and yes. I had a part that was like, no, people yep. need to uh, understand. Yep. <laughs> yep. Dave, Michelle's great. I love Michelle. Uh, and and that's where I kind of learned that I'm sure uh, you know Bruce. I remember him telling me that you don't have to, you don't have to do that because then you got parts that come up around that. Yeah. Uh, so you know, just uh, try to get them to experience it, and as as they yeah. do that, then you could you could kind of bring it in. Um. So I I, I think that's um I, I wanted to say that just to so people know that yeah yeah you don't necessarily have to explain the whole the whole mm-hmm. thing uh in in the beginning but if you are going to explain it uh it it really depends it it depends on on the client i work with a lot of veterans so the language i use is very very important Mm -hmm. uh for example in ifs we have this term called u-turn and a u-turn is about you know if 
if I'm getting triggered by you, well, I'm going to look at myself. Mm-hmm. So the U-turn is about looking at my own parts and why am I getting triggered? So uh, when I'm working with a veteran, I might use the term about face, uh-huh. right? Which is, uh, which is, they get it, right? Oh, um, I love that. I'm yes. going to steal that. <laughs> and you can steal it and I'll send you, I have a whole, I have a part that likes to keep spreadsheets on things. Oh, I love <laughs> so, that. I have that part too. <laughs> which I have templates and all that. I'm, I'm, I can share that with you. I could share that with your listeners, but I have, uh, I keep track of things that, things that, uh, military terms and how to kind of incorporate that in IFS. For example, yeah. I'll give you another one. Um, you know, we need, uh, other, we need to other people to, um, help us notice parts. So in, I, in, in the military, we have something called checking your gig line. Which yeah. Is, do you know what that is? Yes. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah. we all need somebody else to check our gig line. So I could give you, uh, you know, That's 20 different great. terms, but it's, I, I think that really, really helps when we're, when we're talking about something that is very new to a person like IFS, it's mm-hmm. bringing in something that they already know. Yeah, and I I appreciate that so much because, you know, especially with the veteran community, and I always go on about this, but, you know, we talk about cultural competency, but we miss the mark when it comes to veterans. It really is a whole nother language yeah. with also separate dialects, but, um, but you know, Having an understanding of some of those when you're not a veteran is so important because you will lose people if you can't communicate, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and and veterans, you know, I think there's something about having a lasting connection with that community that's important yeah. to most of us. And sure. so I love incorporating that. I never thought about using language with, in that way other yeah. than, you know, mm-hmm. kind of day-to-day talking. but. Right. That's fantastic. I love that. There's, there's so much. Yes. Yes. And, and, and half of my terms come from, from my own clients. Like, uh, cause I, I, that it's like, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Dick Schwartz basically, uh, I mean, I hope I don't get this wrong, but he says it better than I would. I mean, basically his clients taught him this, yeah. this model. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, my clients, uh, when when I started teaching them about IFS, I was uh, I was uh, using the terms that I was taught and the language that I was taught, and they would be like, "Oh, well, that's kind of like this," and they would use some type of military term. Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, actually, yeah, that's uh, that's like a CO. <laughs> or yeah. That's your that's your frontline protectors. That's you know, right. That's a, and that's like that exiles like the the prison of war. You know, that's kind of like like they're they're telling me all these." all these different things. And, uh, so, um, yeah, language is, language is huge when using, explaining this to, uh, to anyone, but especially the, the, my, my military population. Yeah. I hate going to the grocery store more than anything. I hate the hustle and bustle. I hate the long lines. I hate trying to find parking. So I use Instacart to save myself that trip to the market. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as an hour. They connect me with a personal shopper in my area to shop and deliver groceries from my favorite stores. They hand select my favorite products 
They highlight deals to help me save money, and they suggest new products they think I might like. They pick the freshest produce, and they even keep my eggs safe, too. So right now, listeners, you can get free delivery on your first order over $35 if you follow the link in the show notes. Follow the link in the show notes. That lets Instacart know we sent you and helps support the show. So save yourself that trip. Let Instacart handle it while you spend your energy on things you really want to be doing. So let's talk about what does it look like to combine IFS and EMDR in a session. And let's just say that like without IFS, EMDR is, for the most part, I would say it was a pretty quiet, (laughs) you know, endeavor. Like most of the time the therapist is taught to just say, go with that, you know, no matter what comes up. But it's my understanding because I took a, a um, Bruce Hershey, one of Bruce Hershey's um, okay. courses as well. There, uh-huh. It's there's more than that because um, I feel like the the self led therapist is showing up more to kind of mm-hmm. guide that curiosity of mm-hmm. what's coming up for the client. I don't know if that made any sense. <laughs> it, yeah, it it did it did because uh, that I think with um, when we when we combine them. Uh, we, we are bringing that we're, we we're bringing this self energy to our sessions. And I, I think, you know, without EMD, without IFS, EMDR alone, um, works. I mean, I've, I did mm-hmm. it and it, it works. And, uh, but it was with those really complex cases that, uh, yeah. you know, that, that are really, um, very complicated where you have more, all kinds of parts come up. This is where IFS can help us. Uh, it's really in those earlier stages of doing EMDR, in those earlier phases, phase one and phase two, and um, you know, really doing some good therapy that helps these protectors that have uh, a lot of fear or concern about us going to in you know EMDR terms later phases and processing and processing memory. So since I started, um, you were going to say something. Oh, was no. I? No, 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 no go no, ahead. No. Okay, okay, I have a thought, but I'm waiting. <laughs> okay, okay, good. All right. So, um, so, so you know, the, you know, just just a quick overview and how I would bring both of these together. Uh, mm-hmm. is, is first I would, um, work with those parts, those protectors that those frontline protectors, those gatekeepers, uh, and, and not really push past them too quickly. Cause then you can have a backlash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a big part of what I do in IFS EMDR is really finding a very unique way to work with those protectors, work with those protectors, build self energy. Um, or what I like to say, self-depart relationship, because that's really what you're doing. You're creating right. that type of relationship that really when you get to the desensitization phase, if you do everything else properly, that actually pretty much goes, it, it happens naturally. Yeah. In my experience, um, uh, giving just a little bit of that experience of working with parts before EMDR, it actually, it's kind of amazing that people 
automatically go to that place of like, oh, I see that little girl and, and this is what, you know, like they just go into that place yeah, and it's like, exactly. whoa. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's actually what, what I've seen too is, is uh, there's in IFS, we have these unburdening steps, right? And, um, you know, that, that consists of witnessing, you know, uh, a do some type of do over, maybe retrieval, mm -hmm. unburdening, mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, and, and, and if you look at the, the you know, the, the, you know, the, the steps to that, there, there's actually, uh, there, there's just that there's different steps that somebody would go through. Um, and, and so many times I've seen it to where I was just, you know, like you said, going with that. And the mm -hmm. client went there without me even using any of these interviews to help him go there. Yeah. Like it really does happen naturally. And these things that, you know, uh, are supposed to happen happens without me even saying anything. It's, it's so crazy. I, I, I really, I am a fan of the one interweave um, where you ask the client to step into that scene as the adult they are today and, mm -hmm. you know, meet that young exile and see what it needs as, as this memory is happening. And I'll tell you, 99% of the time, there's just this unleashing of all of this emotion right. that was stuck in there. Yeah. And yeah. it's so powerful. Yeah. I love that shit. <laughs> It is a powerful, right? I mean, so powerful. It, it makes you, uh, you know, want to keep doing this work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I really do think it is a big, um, it, I think it's a big help in, in, for therapists in doing this work that they don't get, um, or at least they're more aware of burnout points because they're, they're doing their own work, but it, there is this, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like work. Mm -hmm. And when it does, mm. that's something to pay attention to. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you said that, that, that effortless, it really seems, uh, effortless at, uh, uh, when, when I'm really in that zone, when I'm in, in self and I'm really connected, yeah. uh, I, I don't have to, to work as hard, you know, in, in, in everything, like you said, it's, it's a lifestyle. Well, I'm doing this podcast right now. I feel like I'm, I'm, it, this is not really, it's effortless to me right now. Yeah. And before I fess, I would have all these parts that are like anxious about this. And, and, but I, I was able to listen to them and feel what, you know, no, you know, just listen to their concerns. And now I'm able to be present with you. And I could think of, countless other things that I do, whether it's nature retreats or trainings or being with my family. Uh, it, it, this is, it, it's, it could really be effortless. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what was I going to say about that? I think, yeah, because with a lot of other modalities, there's such a protocol to make sure that you're teaching them all these different things. And there's so much analysis, you know, that all these other parts have to show up to do these jobs because self doesn't really do that. <laughs> self just yeah. is here. It's just a presence. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah it, it is. And, and that's usually what we needed at the time of the trauma. It's like, we, we just needed somebody. We, we felt alone. And usually that's yeah. the case is at some point we feel alone and we just needed some type of presence to be with us, not to fix us, not to, even give us maybe a positive affirmation, not, not just be there, just, just be, be there. And that's, yeah. that's it. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I always tell my clients that no matter what kind of childhood you'd, you've had, um, parts always are like this because none of our parents were perfect and you don't get out of childhood unscathed, you know, without a scar or two. So parts are always going to come from that place of need, I guess, um, or having an agenda, um, to not feel something alone, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why it isn't unique to just, I mean, I'm a trauma therapist. I think everything's traumatic, but <laughs> uh, I was going to say it earlier, and I, I, you're right. I think everybody's everybody has trauma. Everybody right. needs therapy, right? I yeah. mean, birth, being born is traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> we right. just don't really remember yeah. it. You know? Even before, like I'm just thinking, yeah. probably before birth, right? Is trauma. Well, I uh, I do discuss with my clients, you know, not everybody knows their birth story or, or, you know, what Mm -hmm. their mother's pregnancy was like. But Mm -hmm. yes, trauma can start in utero. And that also means that we can have parts that are pre-verbal and really go back that far. And those are tricky because they're not going to tell you what they need. They're going to feel a type of way, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think that's where that um, attachment cry comes from, you know, that mm, that mm. needs to sort of be unburdened. Anyway, we did talk about unburdening and, and for the people at home, um, there are, you, you mentioned before, there are parts in the system that get kind of um, like prisoner of war stowed away because they hold on to uncomfortable emotions or those traumatic instances or negative beliefs or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're holding on to these things, um, the beliefs, the pain. Um, mm-hmm. And so unburdening is is essentially the idea that we uh, release that, uh, we help them release that right. um, mm-hmm. so that those things no, no longer have an impact. Because if you're having traumatic symptoms, you know, if you're having a reaction to what's happening now, it's usually coming from a, a, a then. <laughs> You know? That's right. It's coming from yeah. something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some old stuff. So um, tell me more about, you know, are there any, like, obviously we can't give away any protected health information, but are there some instances that really made an impact on you to see um, how these two modalities together can help people? Was that a complete sentence? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and and I'm trying to think of like wow, there's there's um, uh, you know when when I think of I, there, there's actually so many um, mm. experiences. I'm I'm trying to think of of, of one that stands out uh, in in my mind. Um, I I I can tell you one. I can tell you um, I had I was working with a with a uh, army medic. And uh, he was having uh, extreme night terrors. Hmm. It was, it was, um, it was, it was so it, it, he couldn't get any sleep. I mean, he had all kinds of parts coming up around him. Uh, he came to me for EMDR, and uh, we couldn't even get past phase uh, phase two. We, we couldn't when we would just talk about mm-hmm. talk about the he he had. Uh, he he was able he wasn't able to regulate himself. He was have he was having you know more night terrors. So, um, 
I remember on Friday, he came to me on one Friday and we started working with these parts that were afraid of going there, right? And the parts that were afraid of the parts that were, that were going mm-hmm. to go there. And so we, we went inside and uh, we started being curious with these parts. So it wasn't about, you know, doing some container exercises or safe place exercises. That was, he could do that in his sleep. Mm-hmm. That wasn't working. So one of his parts, basically, he got the feeling that they actually needed something. When we acknowledged them, when we validated them, um, he got a feeling that he needed to do acupuncture. Oh. And uh, he did acupuncture on Friday. He had the best night of his sleep in his life that he's ever had. Came to me on Monday ready to do EMDR. Wow. And we've been doing EMDR ever since, and we were able to process uh, very traumatic memories and have so much clarity around his internal system and why it was doing what it was doing, right? Um, but it was it was allowing us to really slow down and really kind of take these parts uh, apart and put it in front of us, just like we're working on this work table or something and work on it together. You know, it was between us, we were working on it. Uh, and it, it just provided so much clarity and insight. Mm. And, and it, it, it was amazing. It was a, it was a success story that I, I actually tell a lot of people who have questions about doing this type of work. Did he stick with acupuncture the whole time or was it just initially? He, he did. He would, he would, he would incorporate here and there uh, while, while we were doing the EMDR. See, this is what I love about this shit. It's so, there's such a holistic way of, of looking at these things. And, you know, some of our clients can be so cerebral, right? Everything's Mm -hmm. thoughts, everything's logic, and it helps to draw their attention to, well, what's in your body and what does Mm -hmm. that need? And Mm -hmm. to have this epiphany of like, oh, my body needs this treatment. Like, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it, it, it was, um, you know, I, I, um, when, when I started and, and that's why I like incorporating both of these together, you know, I'll share this real quick. When, when I, if I'm being honest, uh, when I got trained in IFS, cause it came after EMDR, obviously, right. As I said earlier, um, when I got trained in level one IFS, I got back to my office and I put my EMDR equipment away. Mm-hmm. I, I actually said, okay, I don't need EMDR anymore. I got IFS and that's all I need. And it wasn't too long before I was, uh, I was doing EMDR again. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and for the most part it's because clients were asking me to do EMDR. Sure. Right? They were coming to me and say, I want to do EMDR. Uh, so part of it was that, um, but, but the other thing that I've seen and I hear other therapists say is that really EMDR helps us go deeper and sometimes quicker in a very healthy way. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've done sessions with, with clients who, um, you know, uh, it's just a little bit harder for them to get in touch with some of these parts. Right. Uh, but adding the bilateral stimulation helped with that. I think so too. Yeah. Like I said, mm-hmm. I think it makes more room for self-energy. But I also, I have seen mm. that it's easier for people to you know, if there is a resistant part or an avoidant part, some part that's scared of going deeper in therapy, just using the eye movements to focus on the part itself. Yes. It, it just yes. moves right out of yes. the way. 
Yes. Well, and, and that was uh, one of the uh, things I said, I like having a spreadsheet for everything. Mm. I was keeping track of, you know, why, why would IFS therapists need EMDR? Like I could tell you why EMDR therapists need IFS, but, but I'm <laughs> yeah. like, huh, I was scratching my head. I'm like, do, do you know, how can I sell this EMDR to IFS therapists? And, and one of the, one of the things I've seen was that is that, um, it really helps with focus. Sometimes parts have a hard time staying focused. And when they put on those tappers, I use the buzzers things. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. when they put those on it, it's time to, it's time to focus. There's a, there's a specific focus for that day and it actually helps them. So in addition to going deeper, in addition to going faster, uh, in addition to, um, and those things it it helps with focus and some of those parts that have a hard time doing that. Yeah. I mm. also think the desensitization part helps, mm -hmm. um, not disarm parts, but helps them kind of ease into the process a little bit better than just us talking. Cause I think just talking can sometimes feel aggressive to certain parts. Mm. And so mm -hmm. having this sort of, um, there's something very uh, bilateral stimulation is very calming, right? So having yeah. that definitely sure. helps. Sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, you mentioned the gig line thing, which I think is is such a good um, yeah. analogy, and um, it's one of the things that I I think is so helpful because in in EMDR you always need a guide, right? You always need somebody. Um, with mm -hmm. IFS, um, initially, I think that's super helpful because it is harder for that focus to be there. Yeah. Um, but essentially, it should be something that clients yeah. graduate with a tool uh, for yeah. a lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think, and, and focus-oriented therapy is it's much like that too, having a, mm. a, a companion or a, a guide or a, you mm -hmm. know, someone to help you you just lend that energy and, and see the things you can't see because of parts in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and like, um, uh, you know, I remember hearing that, you know, parts can't really see themselves. They can't, you know, they, they need a mirror. They need that gig line. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, usually that's uh, in, in the very beginning of any, really every IFS session, you're doing something called, uh, direct access, which is where myself is communicating with their parts. Mm -hmm. And and the goal, like you said, it is to get to a point where uh, the client is actually doing what's called insight, where they mm -hmm. are giving themselves what they need, these parts what they need from their self. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Like you Can said, you, it's, some, it's some good shit. It's some good <laughs> shit. That's right. <laughs> um, Bo, can you talk a little bit about the IFS Healing Core? Because that's interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. So the, the IFS Healing Core was uh, was started initially um, um, from the um, uh, basically two, two people that I met uh, early on, which also had an impact uh, on, on my, my, my walk in this IFS stuff. Um, uh, Tufik, who's the executive director for the, for the foundation, IFS foundation, which is responsible for 
bringing IFS into the community. It's responsible for research uh, and things like that. And, uh, and also Ray Mount, who is a psychologist up in Boston, who is an army uh, um, medic, was an army medic. He's a Vietnam veteran. And he actually walked the Appalachian Trail with, uh, with, with veterans when they would come back. Wow. And so um, we, we put together this thing called the Healing Corps, which is, uh, is a big part of that is an organization that brings IFS to uh, military. So I love active it. duty military veterans, families, uh, mm. a therapist who work with the military. We've, we've done trainings for um, different uh, bases that uh, hold their, that employ therapists who work with veterans. Um, it's, it's a fairly new um, organization. It's, it's, it's fairly new. So uh, we're, we're sort of in, in the beginning steps now of putting projects together. We just did uh, a, a nature retreat. It was a three-day oh. IFS EMDR nature retreat for veterans here in Louisiana. Wow. Um, which was absolutely amazing. It was, it was actually just, I, I can't put into words how, how, uh, successful that was. I mean, I, I've, I've seen, uh, veterans just, just crying with each other and grow, you know, grown men doing this and the, their dominating parts were more relaxed and they had all had significantly more self energy at the end of these three days. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's projects like that, that, um, you know, we, we meet uh, periodically to kind of brainstorm things and see what we need to make sure we have the resources to check in with our parts so it, it really is a, a very, uh, it's a community of like-minded therapists who want to do this work with the military. I am a big fan of um, encouraging vets to get into this field because I think it makes a big difference. And I think, you know, well, one of the big things is, you know, that the camaraderie doesn't have to end just because your service does. And you also don't have to continue to be in pain or suffer or, you know, in this space of not being able to transition or whatever the issue mm -hmm. is, because mm -hmm. there are a lot of us who understand what that's like. And um, we have the tools. Yeah. Um, I'm all about, you know, getting that population more attention because, well, we've seen, you know, the system that has been created for them and it's not meeting the need. So exactly, exactly. And, and, uh, that's, I like what you said about just not, you know, th this could be, um, some type of ongoing thing, you know, th this nature retreat that we just did, we, we did some follow-up work with them and they're still staying connected. You know, th this was a group that was started, it was eight veterans and they are still, um, staying in touch. They're, they're meeting for, for coffee or, or whatever. And they, they have a, a community now that hopefully we can, we can build. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, mm -hmm. I think it's the number one thing that veterans have such grief over after they leave the services. Mm. No, actually forget the journalist name, but he did this talk and it was like why veterans miss war. And it was all about, well, they don't, 
they miss each other. Yeah, <laughs> wow, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they miss yeah. what it's like to have that brother sisterhood in those moments, yeah. and honestly, cannot be replicated out here in in the you know common civilian space. But given a, a community like that, where we're also perpetuating healing, that is that is fantastic. That's great work. That's awesome. So. It it is, and and I was I was in the uh, so I, I was in the, the the Marines before I did this work, and uh, in this retreat we had let's see we had two Army guys we had a Navy guy and the rest were Marines, and and after the day after you know we did a lot of IFS work some EMDR work uh, even using EMDR on a trail we'd go on a hike that's bilateral stimulation yeah right? so so bringing these two models in that whole nature experience which you talk about self energy go yeah. in nature and you're going to experience a whole lot of that right for sure um, but at, at night we were just we had a fire and we were telling military stories and it was just yeah. so the camaraderie yeah. It, it was so just heartwarming to be reconnected. So I love yeah. what you just said about, well, it's not really war that we miss. It was the friendship. It was the, yeah. the bond, the, the sisterhood. Bonds, the right? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, <laughs> I always say nothing brings us closer than staring down death together, right? But there is right. something very special about battle buddies and the kind of connections that we make in the service. And my battle buddy and I are still super close and, and probably always will be. Um, and I think it's important to, to have a space to reconnect with those bonds and strengthen them through like, now what? Now we mm -hmm. heal things together. Like mm -hmm. you don't just have to go into these, into these spaces and stare down death together now and, and do difficult things in, you know, that dark place. Now mm -hmm. we get to do difficult things together from a healing place. And I think, gosh, yeah, yeah, we need to, this needs to be everywhere. You know? Yeah. 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 It, it does. It does. And, and, uh, it, it's, you know, I, I mentioned the foundation earlier, um, which is responsible for bringing IFS into communities. And that's that's how I got involved with it. They were bringing IFS to veterans. They also bring IFS in schools. I mean, starting early on. I mean, you, you know, I think if you, I think everybody could benefit from this somehow, yeah. whether it's schools or churches or communities or, you know, um, the VA, uh, mm -hmm. really this, this is, uh, I like what you said about healing that we can, we, you know, we kind of, we hurt together, but we can also heal together. Yeah. 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 I certainly think it should be part of, you know, the um, process, uh, you know, um, in uh, briefing and debriefing, you know, um, before mm -hmm. and after missions, um, boot camp. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, yes. I mean, well, these it, are conversations we've had in, at the, with, with the healing course. Like, can yeah. we bring this into, you know, getting out, getting out of the military, transitioning back into civilian life? Yeah. Right? Because TAPS yeah. is really not preparing. It's not preparing you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. and I, I yeah. don't mean to bash yeah. the government, but like, obviously, <laughs> they know they're not. <laughs> something's missing. Like, something. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're missing the point on some things. So uh, I hope we can continue to bring this, uh, all of this to, to, to people who need it, which is, in my opinion, everybody. Yeah.
Um, I love it. You know, I, I remember when I when I uh, when I finished level one training, um, we we um, we called it the IFS Island, right? Like like we, we felt like we were on this island. We were all in this together, and it was I mean it was awesome. Can you imagine just being around other IFS therapists who were doing the same thing, and we're all appreciating each other and all this stuff, and we we talked about which is what i teach people in the retreats as well you're leaving this island and you're going to the world mm-hmm. and not everybody's ifs you know has this mindset like us and so but i had the thought i said well what if uh what if we made that the ifs island yeah what if we made the communities that were in ifs islands and 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 and, and that sounds like a huge tall order but that's no, but mission, it's necessary yeah. because I'm tired right. of doctors sending people to clinicians saying, oh, you need CBT. Do yeah. you though? You know, like. Yes, 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 yes. The, I'd like that to change to. Yeah, yeah, me too. You I know, would, I would IFS. Love that. Yeah. I, I would love, I would love that to change too. Uh, yeah. And hopefully doing this podcast and, uh, you know, just me, every chance I get, I'm talking about IFS and EMDR, every chance I get with anyone who wants to listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I even, Hey, I even talk to myself, <laughs> <laughs> my parts, my wife is like my son, my, we have two boys and one of them's like, what daddy, what is daddy doing? My, my wife's like, well, he's, he's just talking to his parts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because I, I feel like children take to parts so much better because they don't have those uh, skeptical parts yet. Absolutely. Wow. That's so interesting. And that actually my, my son, I showed you the universe wheel earlier and he intuitively, like I was just kind of telling him what it was. I didn't really get into any details, but he intuitively like kind of started use, he, he got it. He got it. And I mean, it made sense to him. It was, it was interesting. I forgot about that until you just said it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why the Inside Out uh, movie did so well, um, because children are like, yeah, we know that. Right. <laughs> and adults are right. like, holy shit. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. They don't have that inner skeptic yet or that, sure. you know, sure. de- that part that denies things to protect. So Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And that's why I, I only work with adults, but I always encourage them to use that language with their kids because their kids will get it. They don't need, mm-hmm. they really don't need an explanation. Exactly. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. It, it just makes sense. Yeah. It just makes yeah. sense. And I hope that everything we talked about made sense to whoever watches this clinician or, um, you know, lay person, I don't know. Yeah. Um, military and civilian, um, because it, it's one of my, it is my favorite. These two things are my, the only things I do in therapy really. And Uh, I've seen mm -hmm. amazing things come out of that. And I want Mm -hmm. like you, everyone to know about it. (laughs) So so thank you for coming and talking about that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for, for inviting me. I I hope too. I hope uh, it, it made sense. Uh, that this, I, I'm just repeating what you said for me, it's, it's been a, a life changing way of, of doing things. Um, not only for myself as a husband, dad, uh, and therapist, but also just to see 
my clients change and and then tell me this is this is different this is a different way of doing things that i've never experienced before and mm-hmm. and i've seen significant healing come from this from using this yeah i can't really encourage it enough and like you said it's not just something that you know we're doing with our clients we're living it we're breathing it we're eating it you know um and yeah. it has made such a big, a big impact on relationship in general relationship with myself relationship with my husband and friends and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. how that has progressed in a healthier way mm-hmm. because of this understanding of myself because there's so much that people go through projecting, you know, their parts are projecting things, their parts are in this defensive mode instead of leaning in and listening and, and being curious about why do I do that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or is this really about me? Yeah. Right. You know, do, do the about face. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I love that. And I'll share one more, I'll I'll share one more with you. Uh, Thanking parts for their service. Thanking. Ah! (laughs) Although, that's a tricky one because some veterans are very uncomfortable with some that. veterans are that that's a big that is a big question about veterans and 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 uh and when people say something like that so you you have to use that it depends i um, always respond with thank you for your support because yeah it's just it is an awkward thing to hear i think yeah i usually somebody asks me what do you do when somebody thanks you for their service i I say well i usually say you're welcome (laughs) 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 when somebody thanks me for something that's usually my response you're welcome (laughs) i love that all right bo i i so appreciate your time and and your insights and all of your wonderful language that you've shared with me today that i'm going to steal immediately Thank you. Thank you. And and look, I will send you whatever you need. Uh, if, yeah. if anybody needs more uh, uh, information about any of the therapy that I do um, or consultations, yeah. if you'd like more, anybody would like more consultation on this or uh, my nature retreats, which is an amazing experience. I'm, I'm happy to help anyone. Um, if you're a therapist, you can go to ifsemdr.com. Uh, and and I, I have a general website called therapyteacher.com. That's just for, like you said, the layperson. So I, yeah. anything that I have, I'm happy to share with anyone. We will put a whole bunch of stuff in the show notes, and you and I are, will talk later to figure out how to load people up with some of that information. And Perfect. Um, yeah, well, I, I hope to stay in touch because it's good to know that you're out there doing the good work. Yeah. Yes, and and thank you. By the way, I've listened to your 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 show, and and just uh, you know, it, it's an honor to be on on here. Uh, thank you. So thank you, thank you so much for all you do as well. Oh, thank you. All right, take good care. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're interested in connecting with Heather or the guest today, please see the show notes for that info. If you'd like to be a guest on the Symmetry Sessions, the link to send us your request is also in the show notes. 
If you'd like to support the show, buy me a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com slash symmetry sesh. You can make a small donation to help keep the episodes coming. Better yet, become a member and get access to exclusive content, behind the scenes footage, and sneak peeks into our episodes before they launch. Don't miss an episode. The Symmetry Sessions launches every first Friday of the month, so make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time. Thank you.